hardware store, and neither one of them had it, the chain hardware store, or maybe both of them promised to get it, but over a period of time they didn't get it, and uh, the uh, problem that it was to address was becoming more of a nuisance. So I said, okay, I'll see if I, I didn't even know if I could find it or, or to buy something really that small. You could put everything I bought in the palm of my hand inside an envelope. Uh, but I found it, and I typed it up and sent it off to Amazon uh, via the, the Internet, and three or four days later we had what we needed to fix. And, and we went to that only because we could not find a local way to obtain it. I know, I know she went to at least three different hardware stores or something that it carries hardware. And uh, so uh, I get to thinking about, uh, and this is what my friend and I were talking about, why you would shop, say, at a brick-and-mortar store as opposed to through the, uh, through, over the airwaves and through the mail or through uh, UPS and that sort of thing. And an awful lot of that was apparently done during the Christmas holiday. So that's, that's if you if you shop, Tell me about your shopping for Christmas. Did you did you shop uh, uh, a lot that they, they came to you from UPS or FedEx or through the mail or whatever, uh, or did you uh, did you try to do local shopping? Uh, and uh, I'm a pretty nice guy. I'll give you the telephone number, and, and and this is the way sometimes I find out what's going on. Uh, the number is nine one nine, which of course is our area code, and then eight six zero nine seven. And if you have letters on your telephone, 9783 can be translated into our call letters, WPTF. So it could be 860-WPTF to get to, get to talk to us and tell us uh, what, uh, how, you, how you did your shopping and how you feel about uh, the, the changing of the scenery. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm going to talk some more about that in just a moment. So, John, did you have something you wanted to say a moment ago? I, I've had something that may have been an indication of that or not, and, and uh, if not, we'll, we'll just go on. In fact, uh, we will go on. I uh, thought about uh, one day when I was placing uh, an order to uh, for some books. I, that's the most the thing I buy. That's my hobby. My hobby is reading, and uh, to to Amazon. And I thought, well, you know, uh, here it is, uh, 2020 probably or 2019. And it, I'm, what I'm doing is not a whole lot different from what happened in America in, say, 1985 or 19, uh, 1885 or 1890 when the big merchandisers in Chicago, Sears and Roebuck or uh, Montgomery Ward, put out their catalogs. Now, my catalog at that time was an electronic one on my, on my uh, computer, and I could find the thing, and the ordering blank was there just as it would be in the Sears Roebuck catalog, which, of course, many people in a slightly off-color way would say had a double purpose because you could use it to order things, and and then you could it had other purposes too. But we won't go into that. Uh, one of the things that made uh, Sears Roebuck uh, very popular was that it uh, it uh, developed and aimed its products, many of them at, at rural uh, markets, uh, to people in places that were not near big cities or even small cities that had any place that they could buy something, but it gave somebody in, in the middle of Kansas a, a chance to buy something from Chicago or, or Texas, West Texas or eastern North Carolina, for that matter. And 
and uh, you could get your, your Sears Roebuck catalog, and in many small towns uh, would have uh, uh, Sears stores. They would not have a store that had the merchandise, but they would have a, what they called a catalog store where you could go, and there would usually be somebody there who would help you make your, uh, make your order. And some towns, like my hometown of Goldsboro, had a Sears Roebuck, and as a matter of fact, a Montgomery Ward store, and it was neat, neat because they were actually next door to each other. They shared a wall. But that was a way that, uh, that was a model for shopping. That was a way that shopping took place. And that is, you were not uh, relying on uh, your local market, uh, your local store getting it through, through uh, shipment from somewhere, but rather you could order it for yourself and the post office would end up delivering it. In rural areas, that was when they developed something called rural free delivery. Uh, a lot of addresses would have RFD on them. And uh, that was a new program sponsored by Congress. And many of the routes were, called, were rural routes. They were called star routes, as a matter of fact. And so uh, shopping could be done from a catalog. And I was thinking that day when I was ordering from my computer that I was not a whole lot different from ordering from my Sears Roebuck catalog way back there. Now, there are probably listeners who are saying, and this would be younger ones, what is he talking about? They've heard of something called a Sears store. Sadly, they are disappearing if they haven't completely disappeared already. They didn't keep up with uh, with things. But uh, they, the company was actually founded by uh, uh, a man named Sears and a man named Roebuck, and that they were they were the the name Sears and Roebuck or Sears Roebuck. I think it was Sears, comma Roebuck. Roebuck was a watchmaker. I know that, and Sears was a merchandiser. And one of the things he sold in the early days was was watches, but eventually, as the store modernized itself toward the mid the middle of the last century, they dropped the Roebuck and just kept it as Sears, and, and lately they've been dropping the Sears, too. But in any event, uh, so I, I saw a connection, and that's one of the things that is, was sort of on my mind, why I, I was maybe nostalgic for when I could go to the Sears store and uh, either find what I wanted there, or if I couldn't find it, maybe order it from the catalog. But I still like to go and look at the stuff, and uh, whether it was a book or a washing machine or a carpet or whatever, and uh, there are people who, who would prefer doing that kind of shopping. That's, so tell me about your shopping tonight, and, and we've just gone through the greatest shopping part of the year, uh, that is the time uh, leading up to and including Christmas, and so uh, how did you do your shopping this year? Uh, did you risk going out uh, even when you weren't supposed to? Uh, and, and confront the, the virus, or did you uh, saddle up, uh, uh, sign up to your uh, your computer and uh, put in what you wanted to get and wait for the, the guy in the brown suit to bring it to your front door? There's the question, and you know the number. I, this is a kind of a soft program for tonight. We've we've got serious business as the coronavirus continues to uh, grow, and we uh, are having uh, the, our, our system is having trouble distributing vaccines and getting the uh, the infrastructure established there and we had political unrest in the nation and things but I, I sometimes think that it's a good time of night to uh, to maybe back away from that we will of course have news at the top of the hour and and uh, at the half hour and if anything happens that you need to know about we will break in John Sauter is seeing to that but in the meantime we're talking on a little bit softer and more relaxing and less anxiety-producing, uh, something that will 
maybe head you in the right direction as you want to go to sleep. And I need somebody to talk to. 919-860-9783. We'll be back. 
finally ended up that I, I think I have two of the major credit cards now, and that's it. Because you, you, the major credit cards, usually just about any place that takes a credit card, you can use them, and I didn't want to complicate it anymore. But all of this has to do with shopping, and uh, I've tended to do my, uh, my shopping uh, over the years increasingly to put it on a credit card just so I would have a record of it, even though I might have the money on hand. But I always try to pay it off directly, and I think most of the times over the last 50 years, I have in fact done that. Paid very little in in fees, but it, but credit cards can be dangerous, and they have uh, allowed people to to get in above where they should be, and uh, uh, end up. Uh, I used to have a lawyer come on from uh, Smith Dedham, as a matter of fact, uh, and, and it, well, I was thinking about them because they're. One of their representatives is going to come next week, I think it is, and talk about making a will. That's something we do every January because uh, over 50% of Americans don't have a will when they, in fact, should have a will. And when you don't have one, you give over control of uh, some of your assets and how they will be disposed of to the state. The state uh, has the laws to take care of stuff like that. But if you have a will, then that's legally uh, guidance for who gets the stuff and the executor can make sure that the people, in fact, do get it. But you'll, you'll want to listen to that program. But there was a lot of bankruptcies from people who had uh, uh, no discipline in using their credit cards and ended up uh, uh, charging more, whenever they got into debt, charging more than they could afford to pay and more than their salary would bear. And I've known numerous people like that, but uh, I am. Uh, I was always afraid of that, and so uh, I have husbanded my my credit cards and kept them closed and and tried not to to overuse them. But that's that's one way that makes shopping possible. And a lot of shopping now, a lot of your life, you cannot in fact conduct. You cannot conduct it without a credit card. Uh, my brother used to, who is on the radio with us here quite often, used to come to Raleigh once in a while, and he did some other traveling and. He did not have a credit card for some philosophical reason, I think. Uh, it may have been some other reason, but that, that certainly was a part of it. And uh, he discovered that uh, when you go like to check into a motel, if you don't have a credit card, you, you're out of luck. He, he, I think he said he went to a credit card um, motel one night, and he had, because he knew he was going to need a lot of money on this particular trip. It was the first place he went to, and he had, Five hundred or eight hundred dollars, a lot of a lot of folding green. In other words, more than he should have had, but uh, they still wouldn't let him have a room uh, because he did not have a credit card. And uh, I, I, I warned him about this, and it turned out to be true. But uh, in this case, uh, big brother to the rescue. But that, that is my story about the importance of having a credit card. I want to hear from you about how you bought your Christmas presents, where you bought them from, did you buy them in a store, did you lay, lay them away, uh, did you get them from uh, the mail, all of that. We'll be back following the news. This is the point of tonight's program where I get into a little promo, and so we will do that tomorrow night. Austin Maddox of Maddox Points and Stamps will be here. And we'll be talking about uh, both of those and any things that may have been happening in the world of lately and numismatics of late. And one of the things I'm going to ask him about is uh, the distribution of the Elvis Presley stamp. 
uh, which was the most favored, the skinny Elvis or the fat Elvis. Elvis. But we'll find out about that tomorrow night. Why am I doing that? Because Friday night, when we'll have Friday night trivia, is the anniversary of the birth of Elvis Presley. He was born in uh, 1935, so he would be, let's see, 65, 75, 85, 86 years old if he had lived. And, uh, of course, uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but there are people who uh, are obsessed with the king, and I think he rightfully is the king, uh, who uh, say he's probably working in a Circle K in Memphis somewhere. But uh, if you have an Elvis Presley story, you can bring it, and it will be your entrance to the party. And uh, we'll have some Elvis Presley stories, uh, and we'll also uh, have some Elvis Presley trivia. That's on Friday night. And I've already mentioned that Dr. Mike Walden will be back with his first economic report of the year, the first of next week. Tonight, it's set on the, the schedule of programs for this week, and I post it on our website every Monday morning, usually by noon and sometimes quite earlier than that, once in a while later than that, depending on circumstances, but um, for Wednesday, for tonight, it said uh, that we were going to have a nostalgia program, and nostalgia means we're going to look back and, well, it's, sometimes with me sitting in my chair in my my uh, uh, sunroom looking out and closing my eyes and thinking about what is it that I miss, what, what, and I'd been talking to one of our guests recently uh, about buying things through the not through the mail, but through the computer, and he was a, a champion of And I understood his point completely. In fact, I was probably more in, in agreement with his, his report, but there's some things that just uh, you end up, you have to to, to uh, order them in, in the way that they get them to you when you need them. But uh, I would, would much rather go to a bookstore, and, and uh, if I want to buy a book and roam around, and if I, they don't have the one I want, they can get them to order it for me and, and things like that. And, and I have my favorite bookstore in Raleigh. I have done that for many years. But I have occasionally taken up with ordering uh, books uh, uh, since it's no longer as easy for me to get around. I'm getting old is what it is. Uh, that uh, that I have, have taken up with Amazon. My friend Dave Chase, who used to live in, and this, this, these parts uh, discovered Amazon books. Uh, they started uh, selling books in the late, late, late in the 1990s, the late part, late part of the 1990s. And he said, Tom, if you ever knew I liked books as much as he did, uh, you'll go bankrupt. And by being very careful, I haven't gone bankrupt yet. But this is another place where uh, they've got my credit card on file, and it uh, takes about two minutes to order a book, and it comes right to my front porch. And so there is something, and, and it's usually cheaper, too. Uh, and so uh, right to my front porch. I had not foreseen, and if you, by the way, want to, would, would want to explain to me how you did your Christmas shopping, because this year must have been a year because of the, uh, the coronavirus that uh, people uh, avoided going out and pressing the flesh with the crowds. Uh, I know uh, my wife, she used to love to go Christmas shopping because it, there were just lots of people out, uh, and it was a, a part of Christmas. And uh, there have been times when, in fact, I liked that, too. Uh, the older I got, the, crotchety, the more crotchety I got, so I didn't enjoy it as much. And I think I think men and women have different views of shopping. Guys usually know what they want, and they want to go to a store and find it and go back home. You might tell me if you think that's true, 919. 
860 WPTF. Any of this, this stuff is up for discussion. In fact, what I'm trying to do, if nothing else, is to engender discussion about this particular topic. 919-860-9783, and you would be welcome here. And But I, 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 I well, I'm a big fan of the, the Hallmark movies, and if you, you, most people know what they are, and inevitably there's a small town in them because that's usually where the... Uh, the uh, the resolution of the the romance is going to take place, and that is they're going to end up the boy and the girl, the man and the woman, living in a small town, and not in Seattle or New York or Chicago. Uh, and the mistake they made, of course, was parting and going off to the big city to uh, to discover where where they could be or go. Well, in watching the scenes, I, I reflect on living in my hometown which it was, uh, Goldsboro was a town of about 25,000 people uh, when I was growing up. And I enjoyed going downtown and just walking down the street and looking in the windows. And all of it was there within about four or eight square blocks, kind of like downtown Raleigh in those days was Fayetteville Street, Salisbury Street, and Wilmington Street, and the Cross Street from the Capitol to the Memorial Coliseum. And that was about it. And uh, there were no shopping centers. That's, that's the point, that the shopping centers are what I call the Californiaization of wherever, Raleigh, Goldsboro, wherever. Uh, and there were no malls, there were no, no shopping centers. Uh, Cameron Village was the first shopping center in Raleigh, and uh, it uh, opened, uh, I think, in 1949. And the closest thing to a shopping center was a strip uh, shopping area uh, in Goldsboro on Ash Street, uh, older people would remember it was called Sunrise, and it uh, had some nice shops. It had a, a nice audio shop in it, as a matter of fact, and it was on the way to the smaller uh, town of, of Adamsville, all of which is in Goldsboro now, and, and on the road that takes you out to Seymour Johnson, which means there's going to be a lot of stores and indeed a mall or two built for people to shop in that particular area. But I like to go downtown. And in most streets, it would have, most towns, it would have been called Main Street. And in, in Great Britain, in the villages, in the small towns, it's invariably called the High Street. It's the, it's the, the main drag, as the, the, uh, the dragster language of the time would have called it. But uh, Center Street was that street in Goldsboro. And, and it was a double-wide street because it was the railroad had once gone down the middle of it, and they took up the railroad, but uh, 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 had uh, a main street on, uh, running one way on one side. It, it varied. Sometimes it was one way and made a circle, and sometimes there were two lanes on, on either side. But uh, that was where it was. The, two, the three theaters were there, the restaurants, the hotel, and within two or three blocks of, of Center Street is where you went. So you could walk uh, all of it, and... and uh, and those were, there were stores that had been there since time immemorial, it seemed. And that's a long time, by the way. Uh, and uh, and uh, they were the kind of stores that lots of people knew. And then there was a big department store called Wheels Department Store. And you could buy things in Wheels. that You could buy most anywhere in, in places like Atlanta and, and Charlotte and Richmond and places like that, and Washington, D.C., because they had connections. And there were two or three... Theaters. One of them uh, was the Paramount Theater, which uh, still is there. 
and it ran the the seventy millimeter, the largest, whatever it is. The Ambassador Theater was the theater in Raleigh that did it. The one that would run the Sound of Music and and movies like that. But I I, I guess that's what I'm nostalgic for. I yearn to be back in a situation where that was the the focus of the shopping experience, and uh, it was all there, sort of together. Uh, and there, of course, it, it was kind of like a mall in a way, except it wasn't covered. But uh, but I, again, I thought I needed to get to this point to tell you why I ended up doing this on a on a nostalgia night because that's what I'm nostalgic for now. Tom, we have a call, um, Joe from down east. Joe from down east. Okay, let me look at the clock here. Okay, let's take a break. Joe, don't go anywhere. We'll talk to you when we come back on WPTF. Interesting weather coming up tomorrow evening and into Friday, and you will want to stay tuned to WPTF. And uh, We have the benefit of our AccuWeather forecast to know exactly what's going on. And, and also, uh, my favorite thing on WPTF, except for the Tom Kearney Show, I'm just kidding, of course, but I think a real service is the traffic reports. And I, I was listening to Mike today and uh, thinking, you know, whenever I have to go uh, to Chapel Hill or somewhere early in the morning, my dentist is in Chapel Hill. I, I always want to tune into the to the traffic and find out how things are. John Sauter, who is our producer, tells me there is a gentleman whose name is Joe, and he's down east. And so here we are. Joe, good evening. Good evening to you, sir. Um nostalgic, uh, having to go through some things, uh, personal items down here with some family. And uh, I like, uh, thoroughly enjoy your show, but uh, I like the way you refer to your wife as Mrs. Kearney. Well, the reason I do that is if I said Sue, you wouldn't know who she was, you know. <laughs> this way I killed two birds. Plus, we've been married for 50, almost 51 years, so. Uh, so well, I, was, I found a, uh, um, I guess it would be a, a bulletin or a program from when uh, I had graduated from kindergarten, and all the teachers were referred to as Mrs. Neil Fox and Mrs. Stephen Rowe, et cetera, et cetera. And that's pretty neat. Well, now, stop. Um, can, can we make a dialogue out of this now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm here all day and don't have anybody to talk to. And where, where are you calling? Where, where did this happen? Is it... Uh, this is in Onslow, Onslow County. Onslow County, in, uh, well, Jacksonville. Jack, say again? Uh, Jacksonville. Okay, I got you. I got you. I'm from, when when I was in, in high school in Gulfport, we used to play Jacksonville. In fact, it, usually, it was our, usually our first game, and I remember I'd never been very many places, and when the bus ride came, I, we went right by the Iwo Jima Theater. Does it still exist? <laughs> <laughs> the building is still there, uh, but the, uh, the movies and the, I think it might be a, just a business now. Okay, but well, you know what I mean. It, it, but you see, there's a memory for you right there. John and I were talking about this because I, I used to have some friends who lived in Warsaw. Sadly, they've both departed now, but uh, uh, I used to go go down there once in a while and stop at that big, there's a big uh, center on the road where you get gas and food and they have a Smithfield barbecue and I'm, I love barbecue, but anyway, Jacksonville is one of those places that's grown a heck of a lot over the last few years. And, uh, Absolutely. Well, let me uh, let me ask you about the the. You said it was your uh, the the pictures were Mrs. Jones and so on. Was it your right? Take care uh, of her or something? Yep, 
uh, they, we didn't even have kindergarten back then. So yeah. you had to go to a private daycare or something like that right. uh, before the state had kindergarten. So you went there, and then you went into public school in the first grade. Right. Uh, now, uh, I, I, I can, of course, this is how I got into this business. I, I talk too much for my own good. But you, it interested me, the names that you said, uh, because I, I took, for years I tried to get people who wrote my wife letters to write them not to Mrs. Tom Kearney, because Tom is not her name. You see you know what I mean? I right, want to address right. them to her name, but in any event. And there's a, an elementary school in Raleigh, all Raleigh people will know this, that the students who go there, well, when I was a freshman in college, one of my sweet mates at Wake Forest was a guy who uh, was bright enough to get to go to, to med school in three years. And on his desk where he studied, he had a picture of his mother and a picture of Myrtle Underwood Elementary School. Apparently, people who go to Myrtle Underwood are feel, feel blessed. And I, you may have been blessed with your the school you went to in, in Jacksonville, if that's where you went. Right. On another note, we in Jacksonville, we had um, a... Uh, you went to the TV repair man um, and got the TVs and, and, and radios. Um, I found a stub, a repair stub, a repair ticket stub for a Grundig radio. And it was a big old wooden thing that had, I guess it was a shortwave, had different bands on it. Did it have and, a green um, tuning light on it? It did. It yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Uh, I was a shortwave listener for many years, and Grundig made really good radios. I'll say that. So. And my father, my grandfather, was over in Sampson County, would would have that, and he would listen to WPTF on that, and listen to uh, as they broadcasted the uh, NC State basketball games. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day. So, yeah. Then you talk about Sears. My mom could take me into Sears. I could try on uh, one pair of pants. And then she'd say, okay, get them three of this and three of that or whatever. And and guess what? They all fit. They all fit. The uh -huh. quality control was there. And I miss that. Yeah, well, well you, you, you know the meaning of the word nostalgia. You don't you don't have that anymore. You, it may say size 12, but it might, if you get size 12, you might get three different things. <laughs> uh, uh, we, Ab absolutely. Do you know who Charles Corralt was? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, his uh, grandfather used his grandfather used to live in Onslow County, and his, he used to go down and visit him, and he listened to WPTF. He I met him one time, and he he in fact he was on the street right out in front of WPTF, and he said he would go down to visit his grandfather when he was a kid, and and he would listen to WPTF, and we got him to do an ID for us, uh, you know, and with that wonderful Sunday morning voice that he had. Well, one last question for you. What I and speaking of nostalgia, and I we used to I, I've been to some ball games, football games when our Jacksonville Cardinals played uh, in Goldsboro back in the uh, I'd say back in 1980 or so, 80, 81. Uh, what was the the mascot for Goldsboro High School? Well, when I was in school, it was a, an unusual one. They were called the Earthquakes. Hmm. And when when you know when you had the, the parade. During uh, homecoming, you know, say Jacksonville was visiting Goldsboro. Uh, I forget right. what the Jacksonville mascot was, but you would inevitably show that, you know, there would be a picture and it would show that thing being swallowed up by an earthquake. I don't have, I've, I've done research and tried to discover 
where that came from, and I have not been able to do it. But when uh, integration came to Goldsboro, which was in the 60s, uh, I think about 1970, it w would have been inappropriate to retain the mascot of one school and not of the other. So they changed it, and they're called the, you probably watch a team called the Cougars. That's what I thought it was. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There was a guy named Danny Kepley who played on the Goldsboro team that ended up being a pretty good. He he did a, played a little while in the NFL, but he ended up playing for like Winnipeg or somebody like that in the Canadian League and was a, was a star. Well, that was a lot. That was, yeah, we had some good contests uh, between the two schools there. For Like I said, in the early 80s, it was um, that's usually what determined whoever the conference champ was, was whoever won that final game between Goldsboro and uh, Jacksonville. Well, there was a guy named Gerald Wisenhut who came. He actually came to Goldsboro when I was in high school. The last year I was in school, I was a, I couldn't play because I couldn't see. Uh, but I was a, I became a football manager, and I decided to make it a respectable occupation, and I think I did. They gave me letters. You know what I mean by letters. For, right. <laughs> and uh, I was more than a glorified water boy. But anyway, I, but Gerald came to Goldsboro, and he, was a great coach and produced some very good teams uh, uh, over the years. And I can believe that the game between Goldsboro and Jacksonville was the one that decided who was going to go on to play probably Chapel Hill or somebody like that. And, right. And you and if you were on the other side of where, where you were down there, if you went down to New Hanover County, you had an awful lot of good good athletes there, football players and Sonny Jurgensen and you know people like that. Uh, and of course, what's his name? Michael Jordan. I think he came from Leland, which is right outside of Wilmington. But he played for Laney High School, the Laney Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, I could not remember that, but I knew that that's where it was. And the rumor is he was a pretty good player. So uh, 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 the rumor was down here when he played Jacksonville. I guess he just had a bad night, <laughs> but apparently he didn't score too many as many points as he usually had. So well, it, I guess he it, just had a bad night. It happens. But anyway, I will say that. When I was in high school, the best basketball team in the state was in Kinston, North Carolina. And, you know, they have quite a reputation these days for producing pretty good basketball players, uh, some of whom have ended up at the University of North Carolina, Jerry Stackhouse and people like that. And I don't know if you right. follow, I don't follow college, high school sports much anymore, but I'm stuck with the memory that I have, and these names keep popping up. Joey, it's been so nice talking to you. Are you in Jacksonville now? I am in Jacksonville, and I would uh, I learned about your show driving back between Charlotte and Jacksonville, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And a lot of nights I will uh, listen with my father, and we'll tune it in on the on the streaming uh, Roku. So we thoroughly enjoy it. Thank you well, so much. Well, please listen when you can, and if you if you remind to give us a call and take care of yourself, okay? And you too. Okay. Bye -bye. Thanks, Joe. And that's it for tonight. And that that uh, that was a call that was worth several calls, but. Uh, some of the memories of a gentleman named Joe who lives in Jacksonville, North Carolina. We'll be back tomorrow night to talk about stamps and coins.